All right, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for being here today. You guys thankful to be here? Thankful for Jesus? Great. All right, guys. Well, if I haven't met you again, my name is Mitchell, and I'm lead pastor here at Antioch, and just glad you guys are here worshiping with us this Sunday. And again, like Larry and Maggie said, if you are brand new, uh, say what's up. Stop by the little Next Steps area right after the service. We have another gift for you, and love just to say thanks for coming. Uh, you guys ready for the message today? All right. We are in, uh, I'm, I'm pumped too. It's going to be a great morning. Um, and I'm just so proud of you guys. Y'all have just been so hungry lately. Uh, if you're brand new uh, this morning, maybe you don't know this, but the last several Sundays, um, really just so many of you guys have stuck, stuck around like an hour plus after the service, just hungering for more of God, worshiping. The front is filled. Thank you, worship. Let's get up for the worship teams. <laughs> Thank you for staying that much longer. <laughs> I always love that. It's like unplanned, but all right, worship team, you're up there. Uh, but Anyway, it's just so encouraged by the hunger that God is stirring inside of us. And man, there is more. That phrase has been running through my mind a lot lately. There is more. There's more of him. There's more things he wants to put in us. There's more uh, things that he wants to do around us. And uh, when we, he loves to respond to hunger. So I've just been super, super encouraged. Um, we are in week five, it is now, of a series called By My Spirit, Says the Lord. Everybody say, By My Spirit. Say, Says the Lord. It's a little one-liner taken from Zechariah 4, where it says, right before that, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And the whole premise of this series is simply this. If we want to be a genuine disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, really live our life for God, then we cannot do it effectively in our own power and our own strength and our own might. We desperately need the power of the Holy Spirit. And so as a follower of Jesus, we need to learn how to you know, be well acquainted. Who is he? What does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit? How do we walk with him? Um, what are the gifts that he gives? And so we've been diving into that week one. Uh, several weeks ago, we did a little overview of who is Holy Spirit and what does he do. And then week two, we talked about the power of the Holy Spirit and specifically the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome sin. Because so when we think about the power of the Holy Spirit, we think of signs, wonders, miracles, healings. That's amazing, and that is a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. But just remember that as soon as Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit came on him. Before he started his ministry, before he cast out demons, healed the sick, raised the dead, he was sent into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. You know what the conclusion of that was? He won. (laughs) He was victorious over the enemy's temptation to sin. In a similar way, when we are experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit, of course, we would love to see God do miracles through us. But even more than that, we want to see the power of God at work in giving us grace to overcome sin, to overcome temptation. Because when sin is right in your face, temptation is right in your face, you need another power greater than your own to overcome that. And we want to believe and just yield more and more to the power of the Holy Spirit to walk in victory over sin. And then uh, the week after that, we talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Talked about that phrase as it looks throughout Scripture and just craving for more. We clarified the difference between the Holy Spirit coming within the believer upon salvation, but also the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit coming upon us in power, baptizing us, immersing us, overwhelming us with his presence. And I, had, I gave you during that sermon one of the most um, theologically rich statements in all of human history, and that is this. The Holy Spirit doesn't like boxes. You guys remember that one? Everybody say that. Say, the Holy Spirit doesn't like boxes. (laughs) I clarified a couple of different nuances to that teaching, but just to be clear, you know, it's just the the Lord invites us in to receive power 
or baptism of the Holy Spirit where he just comes and takes over. And then uh, last week, we started talking about a couple gifts. Last week was the gift of tongues. And then this week, this morning, I'm going to talk about the gift of prophecy. Because anytime we talk about the Holy Spirit, we have to see really clearly in Scripture that he imparts gifts. He gives gifts to us. I'm going to read a couple of verses about that. But first, I'm going to invite up Sarah. Give it up for Sarah right here. She is going to share a, um, a quick testimony um, about what the Lord did last week. Um, specifically, the, the teaching on the gift of tongues. You know, it can be uncomfortable for some of us because it's just not what we're used to. Yeah, like Sarah. Um, but, uh, but again, similar to what I was saying earlier, the Lord just loves to respond to hunger. And so I'm going to let Sarah tell, just tell the whole journey, like the resistance at first, and then what God did last Sunday, and then, and then just what everyone did. Yeah, yeah thanks. Um, yeah. Oh, hold it close. Okay, sorry, my bad. Um, so I think it starts like more two Sundays ago, and it's a really long story, so I'll try to shorten it up. Um, but when, uh, Mitchell just did that invitation, I was so uncomfortable and, and, um, was just flipping through the Bible and I was just like, okay, God, like, I really don't know. I just don't know. Like, I'm not, I'm, and I was just talking with somebody after service that day and I was like, I feel like anytime I study or just think about these topics more in depth, like, I just get more and more confused. And this girl just literally sat and looked at me and was like, well, God's not the God of confusion. And I was like, wow, go you. Um, Really needed to hear that, right? (laughs) Um, So she was like, well, just ask God. And I was like, okay, yeah, thank you for that again. You know, it was just such simple statements that she kept telling me to just go chase after God and let him be the one that answers it. And um, so I sat Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, just simple questioning who God is and just being like, okay, is, is this you? And Tuesday, he revealed John 5 to me, and it's just the story of the man uh, who was paralyzed at the pool, right? And uh, Jesus says, pick up your mat and walk. And so he did. He picked up his mat and walked. And then the people who were observing the Sabbath were like, why'd you pick up your mat? And God literally was like, that's you, Sarah. And I was like, oh, (laughs) I was like, that's rough. I don't want to hear that. Um, But And then you keep reading the story, and the man was in the temple afterwards, probably praising God for being healed, right? And I just had to come to a simple conclusion, being like, I don't want to be the person who criticizes someone for picking up the mat. I want to pick up the mat, God, and I want to praise you for it. And so I was just processing with people the entire week, and then Sunday came, and he was like, all right, we're talking about the gift, the gift of tongues. And I literally was sitting right back there all the way in the back. And I looked back at someone. And I was like, I was like, are you kidding me right now? And um, I, when I say it was an immediate feeling, I just got this huge burning in my chest, like from shoulder to shoulder. I just became so flushed to like the point I was like sweating the entire service. Like, I'm not kidding. I'm like sitting in the back being like, I swear if anybody talks to me right now, like it might be ruined. I don't know. Um, But this whole time I am just like fervently writing notes. And like the whole time I just feel my heart just being like, okay, God, if this is from you, I want it. If this is from you, I want it. I don't care. I don't care if it's from you, I want it. And so I knew he was going to do an invitation. And I literally wrote in my, in my journal, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to go up there, don't I, God? And, um, and he, like, finished praying. And, I, like, this poor girl was sitting next to me. I, like, pushed her aside. I was like, I got to go. I got to go. <laughs> and so I just came over here, and I just kneeled. And I was just like, and I just kept praying that same thing, be like, God, if this is from you, I want it. 
if this is from you, I want it. Like, I want your strength. I want this intimacy with you, God. Like, I want, I want it. I want you. And then I just kind of felt like he said, okay, well, speak. And I just opened my mouth and started speaking, and tongues just started flowing out. And I have never experienced something like that before. And I literally was, like, hearing myself, and I was like, wow, I sound ridiculous right now. And so then I was like, oh, my gosh, okay, I hear myself. I feel this, but help my unbelief. And then in an instant, I was like, I believe, like, this is from God right now. And so I just sat up there, I don't know, probably for like an hour. (laughs) Um, But I know for sure I was just going for like 30 minutes speaking in tongues. But I was like, God, I just don't want to leave your presence right now. I was like, this is just so intimate with you. I just don't want to leave your presence. And so I was just sitting there just praising God for who he was in that moment. And yeah, so that's that's my story. (laughs) Thank you, Sarah. Woo, come on, give it up. Give it up, Sarah. So great. Thank you so much for being willing to share, Sarah. That was awesome. And yeah, it's, just, it's vulnerable to be able to share something like that and testify of the Holy Spirit coming and the fire of God on her chest and tongues, you know, just so thank you for being bold enough to share that. Just a couple of other things just to comment about that is, um, one, God's okay with our wrestling. And so if you've got questions, it's okay. Um, wrestled through it, and I love what she did. She went to the Word of God. She flipped through the Word of God, because that's been a commitment of mine forever. You hear me say it all the time. It's like, regardless of what I preach, just go find it in here, and if you're finding something that doesn't match up with what you see in the Word of God, then tell me, because I'd like to know. Um, but then second thing I'd love to just acknowledge is um, not just the gift itself, because I was careful last week to make sure that when we talk about gifts, and when these things start to happen, remember, we're not exalting the gifts. We're exalting Jesus. But she did, and this is why the Lord gives gifts. It's for closeness with him. It's for intimacy with him. It's for strength in our spirit. It's for the blessing of the body of Christ, and we're going to talk about more today. But just the intimacy, the closeness, the nearness with the Lord that she got to experience, that's what I want to say, yes and amen. Not just about certain gifts, but it's about him and his presence and loving him more. So, so encouraged. Thank you again, Sarah, for sharing. Give it up one more time, Sarah. Thanks for sharing. All right. Well, yeah, the Lord's just, he's doing something special you know, right now with our church. And, you know, we've been a church for a little less than four years now. And, you know, these types of encounters, these types of moments with the Lord um, haven't happened in this type of way in these last uh, few years. And so I just want to steward well what God's doing and just continue to posture ourselves in humility, thank him for what he's doing, and then just keep asking for more. You know, if he wants to pour himself out, then, you know, let, let's let him pour himself out right now and receive all that we can. And, um, Yeah, let me just pray. Let me just pray the Lord would continue to do that. Then I'll jump into the message this morning. So, Lord, we just, we thank you for what you're doing. And, Lord, we just honor and we acknowledge your presence in this house. Holy Spirit, have your way. Take over. Stir hunger inside of us right now. Lord, just like you did in Sarah last week, do it again. I pray that the fire of the Holy Spirit would just begin burning inside of our hearts, knowing that you are real, you are alive, there is more, God, and we want all that you have. We don't want our fear, we don't want our hesitation, we don't want our upbringing to hinder what you want to do. No matter how long we've been following you, no matter how long we've been operating in different things, there is still more. I pray for a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit this morning over every one of us. Come, Lord, fall on us afresh. We need you. We want you. Open our ears to hear your voice in a fresh way today. But we might just go right back into worship. Oh, thank you, Lord. All right, guys. So uh, what did I say I'm talking about? The gift of prophecy. That's what I'm talking about today. 
Hey, uh, before I, I um, jump into that, if you want to start flipping to 1 Corinthians 14, you can uh, do that. So we're going to be spending the majority of our time this morning. But just a couple reminders. One is, especially these last couple weeks, we've been talking about the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit. We want to make sure that we understand that if we are talking about the Holy Spirit for several weeks, then just remember that if we're not seeing more and more and more of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our life, then we've missed the mark. We've missed the target. Okay, we want to see the gifts, but we also we want to make sure the fruit, the evidence of the Holy Spirit's work in us is, is coming out. Like it's leading to more love, more joy, more peace, and so on and so on. And so just continue to remember to, uh, to think about that, ask the Lord for that, and um, also ask people that are close to you, hey, do you see the fruit of the Spirit in my life? You know, receive the encouragement and also receive the challenge and the feedback if there's something that's not, they're not seeing in their lives. Um, and then also just a reminder, I kind of already alluded to it, but the Holy Spirit gives gifts. And I just want to say that statement again, that this is part of the work of the Holy Spirit as he loves to impart gifts to us. First Corinthians 12 verse 1 says it really clearly. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed, or some translations say ignorant. And I love this verse. I love the wording of it because the reality is a lot of us would probably put ourselves in that category as I'm just uninformed. I've never really heard a teaching on tongues. I've never really heard a teaching on prophecy, so I don't really know. And the admonition of Scripture is, hey, let's, let's dig into the Word of God. Let's figure out what that looks like, what that means. Let's begin asking the Lord for operating in these things, and the Lord's going to teach us, and he's going to grow. Right after this verse, the next kind of passage lists off some of those gifts. There's words of knowledge, words of wisdom, faith, healing, miracles, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, and I think I missed one. Oh, discernment of spirit. There you go. And so anyways, but the ones that we've been highlighting last week was tongues and prophecy because Acts mentions those two a little bit more than the others. And then also 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 talks about those. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1 through 5. It's going to be our main passage this morning. And I'm going to unpack um, prophecy for us. So here we go. You guys there? If you're there, say I'm there. All right. And all you people that love the screen, there's the, there it is. This for you. It says this, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. Everybody say built up. Awesome. Okay, so throughout today, I'm going to unpack a couple of those scriptures, but just want to give you that first, let that run through your mind. It is clear that Paul to this church is really, really encouraging them to make sure the first thing's first, pursue love, make sure that is first. We're loving Jesus. We're loving others. I love that that's the first fruit of the Holy Spirit, love. Yes, it's not an accident, okay? We're, we're keeping the first things first, but then he says, earnestly desire earnestly desire it, it is the word desire is is more than just a casual like wanting it, it is like a burning it desire it is like a longing i like i i want this but then he adds the word earnestly in front of that so it's like times 10 you know it's like really really crave for this really really want this and you don't have to listen guys you don't have to be concerned on if you're wanting it too much okay when when someone tells you they're not seeing the fruit of the spirit of love in your life that's when you know, and, but you're still praying a lot for the spiritual gifts. That's when you need to repent. 
okay? <laughs> so that's what we need to get, we need to change, okay? But you're probably not going to desire it too much. You're going to ask the Lord for it because it really does build us up, builds the church up, and we need it. But let me kind of give a little bit more of a kind of intro to give the prophecy and um, kind of help explain a couple things because a lot of folks have questions about this. But let me first talk about the difference between uh, what we see with prophecy in the Old Testament and then prophecy in the New Testament, okay? So what we're not just talking about when I say the word prophecy this morning, we're probably pretty much only talking about this much of prophecy. Prophecy is a, there's a whole bunch you can go into with this gift. But we're not just talking about what you would see in the Old Testament with a bunch of prophets that are just speaking the, in, like the infallible, 100% accurate word of the Lord that turns into Scripture, and then they also look kind of crazy. You know, whatever you picture these prophets looking like, and they're predicting and foretelling things in the future. So when I talk about prophecy this morning, I'll unpack it as we keep going. It's, I just don't think that. Don't think the wild guy telling you exactly what's going to happen on this day to this person and all that stuff. And in the Old Testament, God spoke audibly, usually to one person, one prophet. Sometimes in the nation of Israel, there was maybe two operating at the same time. He spoke to those people on behalf of the whole nation. And because these were audible words from God, the consequences on if someone was falsely prophesying were much, much stricter. Okay? Now, it's, what I'm about to unpack is that the nature of prophecy has seemed to change as you look at the New Testament. And it's similar to Think about how the, the priests operated in the Old Testament, okay? There was one person that was the high priest who once a year was able to go into the Holy of Holies, okay, and be in the presence of God. And it was actually a very serious thing that that priest was not in a bunch of unrepentant sin, or it's just sin at all. Then, and some of you guys know this, but some of the priests, they would wrap this little like bell thing around their ankles, and they had to keep their feet moving. Some of you nodding your head, you know. Uh, and I, I might bring those out next week. Or maybe the worship team, you guys can have those on. All right, Jacob? Anyways, they kept their feet moving, and there was other people working in the temple that would just like make sure they kept hearing the bells, because if they didn't, they assumed, well, that guy just fell over dead. And uh, we need to get him out of there, because it's the whole now, with that example, are you guys so glad that in the New Covenant it's a little different? <laughs> like, really, because of Jesus on the cross, through his death and sacrifice once and for all, and through his resurrection, he tore the veil. You know, that veil was on the other side of that high priest. He tore that veil and showing us that we have access to the very presence of God, the Holy of Holies, really 24-7 by the Spirit of God that indwells in us. We can access God. And if we're in sin, like God is so forgiving and merciful. He has always been forgiving and merciful in the Old Testament as well, but he doesn't strike us dead, praise the Lord, because we sin. Anybody thankful for that? And um, there's a lot I can go into there, but just want you to see that, okay, there's some nature of certain things and the operation of the presence of God, interacting with God, hearing God that have changed uh, in the New Covenant. In the New Testament, you see Peter really early on the day of Pentecost, declaring a prophecy that on the day of Pentecost was the start of its fulfillment. Not the, the end of the full picture of its fulfillment, but this is when it started. Acts 2, 17 through 18, this will sound familiar to some of us. It says, in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Everybody say all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. 
So really clearly, if this is true, what Peter is declaring, that this is the beginning of the fulfillment of that prophecy from Joel. He's quoting Joel. Then it's really clear. I love that it specifically identifies prophecy. It's, hey, the nature of how this gift works is changing. Now it's not just one or two prophets that are speaking the audible words of God, but it is my people, the Spirit of God resting on them, and I am anointing them to prophesy, to declare the things that I put on their hearts that strengthens and builds up the church and brings my glory in the earth. All right? So this means it's for anyone and everyone that wants it. You'll see that theme repeated through 1 Corinthians 14. All right? Now, also, the nature of practicing it has changed a little bit where we need to, and I'll unpack this a little bit later, but uh, we need to uh, make sure we're here. If we hear something, we need, we need to have some interpretation to it, and we need to have some help applying it. All right? And that usually is done most healthily when it's not done by just one person. I got the revelation. I've got the interpretation. I got the, it's, it's through the body of Christ helping each other hear the voice of God that brings the best fruit. Now, there are different types or ways that prophecy can come. There's a slide that has a couple of them on there. I don't think this is um, all-inclusive, but it might be helpful for you guys. And just don't forget, anytime I have a slide up here, you guys are welcome to pull out your phone and, and take a picture. It's not like one of those weddings, you know, you can't, like, bring the, f- the phone up. Anyways, you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, so a couple ways to, that prophecy can come, dreams, visions, random details, and specific information that shouldn't be known other than God saying it, uh, future events. And also, I'll put the word revelation, just some sort of insight that God gives. Could be a word, picture, scripture, etc. So those are different ways that prophecy can come. And the next slide is kind of a working definition for prophecy, okay? So there's different ways you can define this. It's not necessarily written out very clearly in the New Testament, but here's a working definition for prophecy. It's hearing something from God and sharing it with someone or a group of people for their upbuilding, encouragement, and comfort. I'll say that again. It's hearing something from God and sharing it with someone for their upbuilding, encouragement, and comfort. So that uh, part of that definition is taken from 1 Corinthians 14.3, which I'm about to read again in a second, but I read it earlier. But also part of this is from Revelation 19.10. This is a unique little passage, but it says something about prophecy that I don't want us to miss. It says this, um, you know, John's having this powerful encounter and getting this revelation from the Lord. But here's what it says, and there's a little one-liner about prophecy at the end that's helpful. It says, then I fell down on his feet to worship him, but he said, this angel said to John, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Another way to say that in regards to thinking about prophecy is like, there, are, there are things Jesus wants to say. There's a testimony that he carries. There are things that are on his heart that he wants to still communicate, especially to his beloved people. And that is, the, that is the essence. That's the heart of prophecy is this, is that we are trying to capture what is the Lord speaking, saying what's on his heart, and trying to communicate that graciously to other people. Because when we hear something that we know is from the Lord, it really encourages our soul. There you go. A little bit of uh, intro into prophecy. Now, I've only got, you know, 40 minutes on this message here. Um, and so there's a lot more about prophecy. Let me put up a QR code. If you want to take a picture of that, that has a whole bunch more resources on uh, the gift of prophecy, several um, podcasts again. There's a resource on our webpage as well that talks about hearing the voice of God. And so anyways, I want to encourage you to dive a little bit deeper, especially if you have questions about this topic. All right. But before I keep going with prophecy... Um, I think this topic brings up another question, and that is, does God still speak today? Or is the only way that he speaks today through his word? All right, let me, let me talk about that for a second. I think um, 
Honestly, most of us, the, the question has changed over the years because God's been pouring out more and more of his spirit. And God has just been speaking prophetically to more and more of his people. And so the less people are asking, does God still speak today? Like, let me just, uh, by show of hands, how many of you guys have ever felt like you had some sort of dream that was significant from God, or someone came over to you and prayed over you, and what they prayed was really encouraging and felt like it was maybe from God? Just raise your hand real quick, all right? Not everybody does, that's fine. Okay, but, all right, hands down. If I were to ask that question 50 years ago, there would have been less hands, because none of you were born. But anyways, uh, also because uh, if I was in a different church with older people, um, <laughs> It just seems like it's been escalating lately. The Lord's pouring out his spirit and speaking in prof- profound ways to people. All right. But I think the bigger question these days is not does he speak. Now, again, remember, the primary way he's going to speak is through his word. If you ever wondered if you heard the verse, voice of God, then let me say it this way. Have you ever read scripture and you felt like you understood it? If so, God has spoken to you. All right. But the more question is, how do I hear God? How do I hear his voice? Let me talk about that for a little bit. Again, there's a whole resource on that QR code that um, breaks this down a little bit. Um, but we can hear God. Now, it's a lifelong journey for all of us in hearing the voice of God. And we're all still learning. I'm still learning a lot. And, but you can grow in discerning his voice over the years. But we're still, at the end of the day, you know, the Bible's clear that we hear in part. We see in part. Um. So let's see, one of the clearest, uh, actually, let me just talk about how to listen. Let me just fast forward here. How do we listen to God? Ready? First step is stop talking. All right, so some of us, that's harder than others of us. All right, so if you want to hear God, you need to use your ears, not your mouth. So stop talking. And now a lot of us in prayer, we have a lot to say. That's fine. The Lord loves to hear what's on our heart. But if we want to learn to hear his voice, we need to learn how to be still, how to be quiet, how to listen. Okay, very practically, what can that look like? It means like, stop talking, (laughs) all right, you close your eyes, you focus your mind on him, and maybe you ask a simple question, Lord, is there anything you want to speak to me? Then you wait several seconds, several minutes, and sometimes things come to our mind. Sometimes things don't come to our mind. Sometimes a scripture comes to our mind. But that, and literally what you can do is if anything comes to your mind, just write it down in a journal, type it on your phone. That's one way of practicing hearing the voice of God. Now, how do I know if it was God or my own thoughts? You want to know the answer to that? All of you are asking. I don't know. (laughs) It's hard to discern, but praise the Lord, we have the body of Christ that help us uh, discern God's voice. So you're in a setting where you're listening to God, and you have something come to your mind, you you write it down, and if you're unsure if it was your thought or uh, whatever, you know, if it was God's thought, then just get some feedback from somebody else. It's a great, great question to, to figure out, is this God or is this not? Now, let me give a little bit of a, a note on those of you that have been walking specifically in prophecy, especially if you know that you've had a couple words for people that were right on, that were really specific. What's important to know in hearing God is, again, we're all on a journey of still hearing, but we also need to know that even though we may have been right in the past, not every thought that floats through our mind is always a word from the Holy Spirit. Okay, because sometimes we get a little bit prideful and thinking of our track record. I've got this person cried when I prayed for them. This person cried for them when I prayed for them. This person dropped to their knees, you know, whatever. Uh, And it's like, great, great. Just bring some tissues with you, bro. Anyways, um, you know, we can think that, okay, if I have a thought, that means it's automatically Holy Spirit. Well, now, just you need to make sure you're careful there and just keep submitting the words to the Lord. 
and then submitting it to others, not just forcing it on others, you know. And I'm getting ahead of myself, so I'm going to give you some, some helpful guidelines and practicing, practicing this helpfully in the body of Christ. But anyways, we just need to be aware that sometimes we hear the voice of God, sometimes it's random thoughts. But here's um, three really helpful ways to test what you're hearing and figure out if it's from God. There's three kind of categories and a couple bonus ones. They'll be on the screen. So how do you know if something's um, from God? Test it with three things. The word of God, the character of God, and the people of God. The Holy Spirit will not say anything to us that is contradictory to the Word of God. Okay? As he is the Spirit of truth, and the Word of God is truth. They go hand in hand. He will never say something contrary to the Word of God. Secondly, very similarly, is the character of God. Okay? Does it match, uh, the, say, the fruit of the Spirit? Does it match his kindness? Does it match his grace? Does it match his compassion? Now, God is a, a beautiful glorious, you know, amazingly kind and warm father. The Bible also describes him as a judge. So what I'm not saying is that he'll never say anything that is, in a sense, calling us to repentance, okay? But on the whole, is it matching with the character of God? For example, let's say you, you get a scripture that comes to your mind from the Old Testament that says something to the extent of, and God will wipe you out from the planet. <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, it matches the word of God. It's a scripture, right? <laughs> you know, from Judges. And anyways, uh, and then you share that with somebody. It's not, you know, <laughs> I just feel like the Lord's saying he's going to wipe you off the planet. Anyways, all right, so you need to be careful because that probably doesn't really match the um, character of God or really the word of God because you're misapplying that verse. Anyways, um, and then the last one is the people of God. I love this. It's, God is so intentional with putting us in a body. If you share something with somebody or there's something God's speaking to you directly, it's so important to make sure that you are asking other people for feedback. A way to ask that is, hey, does this sound like this could be from God? And then just wait for their response. Let's see. All right, tracking? A couple other bonus things that to see if it's from God. Check the fruit of what the word brings. Does it bear good fruit? Okay, and another thing that's really helpful, especially if the prophecy is predictive in nature, um, does it happen? If it doesn't happen, it might not have been from God, Okay. You can go onto a long bunny trail of trying to convince yourself that it was God, but it didn't happen because this and that. You know, we've seen that lately <laughs> with elections. But anyways, um, it's just the, the, the more simple example is, okay, I feel like God said, I'm going to get this job. If you don't get the job, it's okay. Just maybe we're learning to hear the voice of God. You don't have to freak out. You don't have to beat yourself up. You don't have to get, you know, in weeks and months of, you know, I don't know, prophecy prison, I can never listen to God again. It's like, what? No, just, <laughs> I've never said that before, prophecy prison. <laughs> uh, anyways, you don't need to do that. You just seem to be like, okay, I, maybe I missed it. It's okay. God still loves me. I can still ask him to speak to me. All right. That's the one thing I remember from this message, prophecy prison. Anyways. All right. Now, let's talk a little bit more about kind of the purpose and the practice of it. But before I get more practical again, guys, I just, I said this last week with the gift of tongues. Um, I just want to encourage you guys, really similarly, like this gift of prophecy is such a blessing. It is so good, and it is so from God, and it is something to be desired, and it brings so much life and strength when it's being operated in a healthy way, our own life and when people are sharing it with you. 
And I just want to encourage us all to pursue it. There's been so many times where I've been prophesied over, prayed over, and it is just exactly what I needed to hear. And only God would know that that's exactly what I needed. Here's a couple examples. I remember it was like sophomore year of college to beginning of senior year of college. I don't know what happened, but I've been following Jesus for a few years, and I've gotten, y'all heard me share my testimony a lot, got delivered from a bunch of bondage to sexual sin. But it was uh, halfway through sophomore year to the, uh, the beginning of senior year of college, I was really attacked with what I would call a perverted spirit. I just had these random perverse thoughts that kept coming into my mind out of nowhere, and I was really struggling. I was really, really hard. But so many times during that year and a half, two-year window, someone would come up to me that didn't even know what's going on, and they would just say, hey, the Lord's saying you are pure, Mitchell. You are pure. I'm just, every time, they, and it happened multiple times. And it was the Lord just filling me with life, speaking truth, and giving me endurance to keep following him amidst the crazy, intense, and random struggle. I also remember a time where I was in Kansas City. There's this house of prayer that's up there, and they have uh, what they call prophecy rooms. And you can sign up to go, and you just sit down with three people you've never met before, and they just listen to God and say, all right, Lord, is there anything that you want to say to Mitchell? And um, right before I went to that room, I was in the prayer room. So, you know, there's 100 or 200 people in this room, and we're just worshiping God. And there was one verse that I kept thinking about over and over again. I was kind of trying to meditate on it, think about it, pray it, sing it a little bit, which I'm not going to show you. But anyways, it was Proverbs 22:11, and it's one of my favorite verses. And it says, he who loves purity of heart and has grace on his lips, the king will be his friend. He who loves purity of heart and has grace on his lips, the king will be his friend. Just thinking about, man, I want to embrace a pure heart, pure motives, pure mind, and, and speech, and just believing that's going to lead to just intimacy, closeness, friendship with the Lord, with King Jesus. And I was meditating on that, and then I got tapped on the shoulder, and I was like thinking about that verse for five to ten minutes. I tapped on the shoulder and said, hey, it's your turn. So I go to this little prophecy room. I sit down, and I was the first one to get prayed over. There's two others with me. And the first girl, never met her in my life before, she just looks at me and she lists off like three verses, and one of them just happened to be Proverbs 22.11. And listen, you know how many verses there are in the Bible? <laughs> the percentage of that, she listed like three or four, and one of them was Proverbs 22.11. And I was just like, how did you know? You know, were you like behind me in the prayer room? What were you doing? Anyways, it was so, so encouraging. And then another example, um, this is in the process of moving uh, from College Station to hear and praying through it and just um, believing God had called us up here to plant this church. And in a 24-hour period, three different people spoke the same prophecy over me. And it was just an encouraging and a very affirming word, and it was pretty much, it was really simple. Um, the first girl was praying about, I think it was Romans 4, and she was talking about Abraham and just this example of Abraham. And it's like, she pretty much was praying, like, you're like an Abraham. About a little bit more, oh, yeah, leave your, leave your land and go to another one. All right, all right, got it. And then just a little bit later, at the end of that same service, another girl comes up to me and says, hey, I just feel like the Lord speaking Abraham over you. I was like, okay, thank you. And then the next day at our staff meetings, I was on uh, staff at the, the Antioch College Station. At the end of a prayer meeting, this girl, uh, we were praying over each other, and this girl looks at me again and says, hey, I got a word for you. Um, <laughs> and she said, Abraham. And I was like, cool, God's saying something to me about Abraham. This is awesome, all right? I could have joked with her and said, uh, are you thinking Moses? I don't know. But no, it was Abraham. And so that was just so affirming and encouraging, and I love the Holy Spirit just intends to highlight things to us to make sure that we are listening and paying attention, and it's just so cool. He knows what, exactly what we need, and the Lord really did speak to me a lot through the story of Abraham. There's a song by Josh Baldwin called Abraham. Everybody heard of that? Anyways, it's a good one. Let's do it. All right. 
Let's keep going. We're going to dive into Scripture and look more at 1 Corinthians 14. So verse 3 it really shares with us the purpose or the fruit that prophecy is supposed to bring. And with this prophecy, I'm talking on a local church, small group scale, where we are trying to hear the voice of God and speak things that are encouraging to one another. That's the type of prophecy that I'm talking about here. Here's what it says in verse uh, 3. It says, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and their encouragement and their consolation. Okay, and then verse 4, it says, the one who speaks in tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Then the very end of verse 5 uh, it's talking about um, how the church, again, can be built up. So here is the kind of the purpose or what prophecy leads to. And there's three things I want to show you. Be on the screen. One, it leads to uh, the upbuilding, the encouragement, and the comfort of the individual. It also leads to the church at large being built up. Another word for that is strengthened. Okay, and then the third one there is a little bonus. I'll show you a verse that I get this from. It says it, it leads to worship and awareness of God in the room. Okay? If you skip down a little bit of verses, look at verse 24 and 25, talking about prophecy again. It says, but if all prophesy and an unbeliever or outsider enters, he is convicted by all, he is called to account by all, and the secrets of his heart are disclosed. And look at this response. So, falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. Isn't that awesome? Love that. I love praying that verse over us that, man, would it, would it be amazing, not only that we sense his presence, but we're listening to his voice, and by the grace of God, we're hearing accurately, and we're sharing with one another, and then the response is, oh my gosh, God is here. A few of those moments that are just so encouraging. And then keep that uh, definition up there for a little bit, that building up of the individual and building up the church. Anybody besides me want to be strengthened, built up, encouraged, and comforted at all? Besides me, anybody individual in this room? Right, we need that often. And that other one, the other one building up the church at large, that Greek word for building up is literally the exact opposite of, of deconstruction. It's literally the exact opposite. It's like part of the definition of being built up is constructing something that is strong and sturdy and healthy. And in this generation, there's been so much deconstruction, picking apart and calling this thing and calling that thing. And of course, we need to grow. All of us as believers need to grow. All of us as the church need to grow. But man, we need to, we need to if we're the church, here we are, we need to make sure we're operating in the opposite spirit than the, the spirit of the, of the world. That we are not deconstructing from within, picking apart everything, but we are listening to God and building each other up, constructing something that's strong and sturdy and that lasts. Amen? Now, why should we desire to prophesy? Another slide up here, two reasons. One, it increases, I guess there's more, but here's two that I put on my slide here. Increases your awareness of God, and it increases your love for the church. That awareness of God, it's just so cool to listen to him, hear something in our mind, and then share it with somebody, and they say, great, that's exactly what I needed to hear, or I was just thinking about that. And then look at that second one, it increases your love for the church. What you'll notice over time if you ask the Lord for prophetic words and want to grow in this gift, what you'll notice over time is that he says a lot of encouraging things to his church, to his people, that he really cares, he really loves us, and he wants us to be built up. And over time, you start to realize, oh my goodness, Jesus loves us. He loves you. He loves the individual. He loves us as a whole, and it will increase your love for the body of Christ as you embrace us. 
And let's talk a little bit more about practicing it. I'm about to show you a couple boundaries or just some helpful guidelines. But let me tell you a little bit about my story of learning to practice um, prophecy. And again, don't think, you know, prophet declaring this on this date is going to happen, all that stuff. Just listening to God and trying to encourage others. Mine started pretty small and pretty subtle, and I had a lot of just doubts and, you know, uncertainty about if this was actually, I was hearing God's voice. But I remember the very first time, I'll tell you two stories. The very first time was at um, the church I got saved at. I was sitting at the uh, end of a service in, next to my buddy, and the guy, the, the guy was just praying to close out the service, but I kept thinking about my buddy Josh, just thinking about him and just feeling like maybe he needed some encouragement. And then I, I uh, was sitting next to a friend, not Josh, and I said, hey, man, this sounds weird, but I just... I want to go pray for, for Josh or whatever. And he was like, really? Why? I was like, well, I kept thinking about him. And then he looked at me. He's like, yeah, I was just thinking about Josh and how he needs encouragement. I was like, let's go. All right, cool. So we go over to Josh, and it was super simple. I don't know what we said, but hey, you, the Lord brought you to my mind and feel like you needed some encouragement. God sees you, and he loves you. And then we prayed over him, and it was so touching for Josh. I was like, great. Had a little bit of an impression in my mind of a certain person, just simply something like God loves you and sees you. Okay, that was the beginning steps of, like, learning to walk in prophecy. Some of you guys, you, you know what I'm talking about now that I give you that example. It's like you have little impressions in your mind. Maybe I need to encourage this person or someone comes to your mind. You know, if someone's coming to your mind randomly, at least pray for them, uh, like, just between you and the Lord. But maybe there's something that God wants you to, to say to them. Another one that was more of a funny example, um, and maybe it was happening around the same time, but I was at a, 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 a ministry experience on a Monday night on uh, campus when I was in college, and we started talking about prophecy to the teaching kind of like this, and then we broke into small groups of like three or four, and then we, what we did is we waited on God, and we said, Lord, is there anything that you want to say to this person? We just highlight a person. All right, this one was funny, because um, as I waited on God for this person, in my mind's eye, this picture of a banana popped up. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, great. And I literally was like, uh, nope, <laughs> not going to say that. But that's what came to my mind. But thankfully, uh, I don't know if the guy that was receiving prayer was like, come on, did you get anything? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, I got this picture of a banana. I think that's all I said. He thought, he was like, hmm. <laughs> I just kind <laughs> of. But it took him a few seconds. He was like, you know what? That really speaks to me because uh, I've been thinking about just different, le- he started going on about this banana and peeling it and stuff, and he's like, I feel like the Lord's just really been peeling back a lot of layers in my heart and opening up my heart to him, and uh, that really speaks to me. I was like, awesome. I feel like the Lord's saying onion, too. You know, just peeling, I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. <laughs> but anyways, that was super encouraging to me. But it's just little impressions sometimes that come, and I just want to say that if you're going to want to practice this, praying for people, it will require some faith. Like, you're not going to be quite sure, and in fact, in, in the context of talking about prophecy and other different gifts in Romans 12, it literally says that if you prophesy, do it according to your faith. Uh, Romans 12, 6. Like prophesy according to your faith in proportion to your faith. Whatever you have faith for, just try to share it. And I just want to say that, man, church should be a safe place to learn to grow in this gift. We're not always going to get it right. We might be sharing things that are not, hopefully that none of those things are going to be super unbiblical and all that stuff, but we're trying to hear the voice of God. And just remember, we see in part and we hear in part. And God will help us. And there might be initial hesitations at first, but that's okay. But he wants to help us, and he also wants to convince us that this is from him. I remember a story Andrew Payne told me uh, from his ADS experience. They had a prophecy night, and he was like, I don't know about this. I don't know. I don't know about this. In fact, I think I know about this, and it's not good. Anyway, so <laughs> he, had a, he had a journey of his own. And uh, on that prophecy night, there's a guy in the middle, and he's like, all right, I got to pray for this guy. He's my buddy. And he's like, I don't know. He's flipping through the Bible and just stops at one book of the Bible. I don't know what it was, maybe Jude or maybe one of those. 
books at the end, and he's found this verse. Yeah, I'm going to pray this over my friend. So he goes up, shares the verse, and the guy looks up and says, dude, this guy, John Green, is here. He just shared the exact same verse with me like two minutes ago. <laughs> and Andrew's like, oh, wow, I can prophesy. I'm just kidding. That's not his conclusion. He was still on his journey, but it was marking for him. Uh, of like, wow, even when we doubt, even when we're unsure, the Lord can, it's just not about us. It's not about us getting it right. It's not about us understanding. This is about him encouraging his people, and he wants us to be encouraged. All right, let me give you a couple kind of boundaries and practicing prophecy. Okay, this again, I, I, this gift is not, it's just most helpful when it's not a standalone thing. Uh, I think about the fivefold ministry, which some of you are familiar with in Ephesians 4, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Just it's most healthily practiced when it's not a solo gift, but it's pastored. It's taught on. You know, we walk it in with community, okay? And so this is me pastoring us on, hey, this is how we can practice this. Because I don't want us all just shooting off and just saying, hey, thus let the Lord, this, this, this. You know, it's like, hey, let's walk this out. Let me give you a couple of handrails here. So first one is, I already alluded to it, is when we're doing this and practicing this in the church, let's not say the phrase, thus saith the Lord, all right? One, because nobody talks that way these days. Uh, and number two is we just, we don't get it completely accurate all the time. Okay, I've, I've referenced this verse multiple times, but first, let me show you. 1 Corinthians thirteen nine says, we know in part and we prophesy in part. So when we get an impression from the Lord, a prophetic word from the Lord, we're only seeing part of the picture, okay? We're not seeing the full picture, okay? And so we want to be careful to not just assume this is exactly the full picture of what you are supposed to hear and it's supposed to be from me. Another thing is we don't want to be running around kind of with the phrase, God told me, all the time. Because oftentimes, especially if it's God told me, you know, something personal, a life change, a decision I'm making, when you say it that way, hey, God told me I need to do this, God told me I need to do that, it's kind of, it can come across as like a defense mechanism. And it's just, if anyone wants to ask you a question about it because they care about you and concerned, what that does is it makes that person feel like they have to overstep you know, what God has said, and it makes it pretty tricky and difficult to really walk in community. And so I just want to encourage us to um, you know, be confident that we're hearing God's voice, but to also be humbly confident and realize, like, hey, I think, you can say it like this, I think God is saying this. I think God is saying this. Especially if you're praying over somebody, it's so important. The delivery is like, hey, I feel like God may be saying this. And you can ask that person after you pray for them, did that resonate with you? Did that land? Is that, is that encouraging to you? Okay, is this making sense? Uh, another one is um, we should test and weigh what is prophesied, all right? Especially for bigger or corporate words, especially if it has anything to do with, like, direction or future stuff. But I take this from two verses, one, again, in First Corinthians 14. It says, let two or three prophets speak, or let the others weigh what is said. And then in First Thessalonians 5, 19 to 21, it says, don't quench the spirit, don't despise prophecies, but test everything and hold fast to what is good. This is when the beauty and the power of the body of Christ comes into play, is when something is shared, we have the ability to say, all right, is that from God? Is that scriptural? Does that match up with his character? Is this something that's actually encouraging to you? And we can test the things that are shared, all right? This next one's a, a funny one, but I'll put it up here anyways. So it kind of rhymes too. Here's a boundary. No dates and no mates, no correction or direction. All right, let me give an example. This would be a wrong type of prophecy to give. God told me 
that you are supposed to marry that person over there in the corner on this specific day. But then after your marriage, disaster will strike you <laughs> because you need to repent of your pride and because you didn't take that one job that you should have taken. Hope that encourages you. Goodbye. You know. <laughs> All right, so that is a great example of what not to do. Guy used everything in that little, he's like, no, no days, mates, correction, direction. Now, um, and again, this is a normal practicing of trying to encourage each other. Now, I will say that it, God can say whatever he wants to say, okay, and it can be things like that, but we want to walk that out really more delicately and in community and in relationship with, with others. And of course, if there's something that's like you feel like you have a correction or something, then that needs to be um, brought into a, a, not a worship setting and all, you know, just like hands are up and it's like, no, like go have coffee with somebody and ask it in a question like, hey, uh, I don't know if this will make sense, but are you struggling with blank? Just ask a question instead of giving them like a, a word that might come across as accusatory. All right. Now, how do you respond to someone that um, maybe gets it wrong or maybe does one of these things and breaks one of these boundaries? How do you respond? Okay. The Bible does not say to stone people that get it wrong sometimes. All right. Um, but it is, we need, to, we need to learn how to respond. I think one thing that I have done in the past is I just kind of laugh it off. All right, I have an example of a buddy of mine named Nick, and uh, this was years ago. We were at this retreat with our youth group, and man, the presence of God was strong. People were getting prophesied over, encountering God. People were falling down their face. I remember praying over this junior high kid, and I just, I, I promise, I didn't push him. I just went like this, and he flipped backwards over a chair. I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> he was like smiling on the ground and just encountering God. I'm like, Great. <laughs> All right. Um, I promise I didn't push him. And that was interesting. But at that setting, there's my buddy Nick. There's somebody that's kind of like on their face or it's encountering God. And everyone's praying over them, getting real passionate. And Nick gets up and he finds me and I'm over here. He looks at me in the eyes. He's like, Mitchell, you have a prophetic word for him. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I didn't. And I was committed to not force one, you know. And so I just, and Nick kind of did that passionately, then walked off. And um, I was like, hmm, interesting. So, you know, I went over here and just, hmm, God bless you. That's my word. There you go. All right. You know, I don't know what I did. But it was just a setting where I was like, uh, maybe he was just feeling it in the zone, a little passionate. I didn't have a word for this guy. And so, uh, but it, I just laugh it off. It's fine. Um, and then another another story. This one was harder, okay? So this one was not a laugh off. This was like I needed to process it with a few people, trusted people. But I remember my buddy Andrew, he had a mom who was real prophetic. And I was hanging out at Andrew's house talking to uh, Andrew and his mom. And as I'm just giving an update of my life, she's just like staring at me. And she's like, trying, I think she's looking into my soul is what she's doing. And I'm like, you know, I'm kind of paused. And then she says this little phrase. And I'll just get, I'll be real specific because uh, you know, this was difficult for me, but it might be helpful for you to hear. She looks at me, and she's, all she says was, I see a brunette. And I was like, where? <laughs> where, where do you see them? Uh, and I think what she was trying to allude to was, like, I see this girl in your life or in the future. And, and what I took it as was, oh, my gosh, I'm supposed to, like, pursue this particular type of girl with this type of color hair. And honestly, I wrestled with that for months. And it wasn't long after that, or maybe I was already, like, really attracted to Beth. And if you've noticed her hair, it's not brunette. It's blonde. And honestly, it was, very, it was hard for me to, like, navigate that. But the Lord took me on this journey and processed it with God and had to wrestle through a lot of fear and worry and doubt and all that stuff. And I talked it through with some other people. 
And, you know, it's just really helpful. I don't know exactly how the conversation that I had with the body of Christ and just a few people that I were trusted with, how it went, but I think I finally came to the conclusion that, oh, well, maybe I just read into it a little too much. Like, I added my own interpretation and application to the phrase, I see a brunette. Maybe that's not, it was, like, I added my own interpretation of I'm supposed to marry or I'm supposed to whatever. And it was really helpful and just got to lay that down, and I have no doubt that I'm supposed to be married to this beautiful blonde lady right here, all right? And uh, the Lord's so faithful, but it was a journey, and I just want you to know that if you struggle with hearing something that you're confused by, God will help you. Just stay in the fight. Don't, don't, don't quit. Don't get bitter. Um, but stay in it, and the Lord will help us. Amen? All right, last little boundary here is just, and band, you can go ahead and come on up. Um, it's just guy-girl dynamics here, and all I want to say is, you know, this is applicable to just you know, praying in general is how we do it on Sundays. Like, we have some of our life group leaders up here, and we just encourage guys, go get prayer from a guy. Girls, go get prayer from a girl. But specifically in regards to prophecy, especially because it's maybe a little bit more of a vulnerable setting, if you feel like God is speaking something to somebody, you just want to um, be careful to not um, do that alone. If you are a guy and you have something you feel like is encouraging for a girl, just bring another girl along with you and say, hey, can you come with me and pray over this person? And then vice versa, you know, girl to guy, just bring somebody else with you to make that a little bit more of a safer setting and a comfortable setting. All right, is that fair enough? All right, well, here's how we're gonna close. I'm gonna read um, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 again and just end with this admonition to us and then tell you one last testimony. So 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says, pursue love, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. So here's my admonition to us. Let's be a church that takes that verse seriously. Let's pursue love, but let's earnestly desire to prophesy. Not for our sake, not to put a badge on us that, oh, I hear the voice of God. No, no, no. So that we as the church can be as, as built up and as strengthened as possible. So that we can be as healthy as possible. So that we can be as encouraged and comforted as possible. Just like the Bible says. And I also want to add that if any of you in this room are feeling like, man, I don't know, this doesn't really apply to me. I like just started following Jesus or I don't even know about this stuff. Listen, this is for anybody and everybody that wants it. Acts 2, what I read towards the beginning, it says he will pour out his spirit on all flesh, sons and daughters, men, women, old, young, everybody. It's for everybody. I just have this awesome testimony from our mission trip to Tijuana with my son, Micah, who's eight years old. I gave a little teaching on prophecy to our, our team, and then we broke up into groups of three, and we listened to God and prayed for each other. And I um, graciously required my children to be a part of that. And I made sure they were not in the group with daddy. Okay, so I put Micah in this group with Arden and with Olivia Hogue. And um, I'm over here, and we're just listening to God, trying to pray for people. I kind of glance at Micah, and to me, what it looked like was, you know, he's an eight-year-old. He's like, I want to just go throw a ball. Just, but anyways, it looked like he was just struggling, all right? He's like, you know, like this, and kind of like, you know. But a few minutes after this activity, um, Olivia comes up to me, and then also Arden does. And Olivia was like, Micah got this really, like, vivid and profound picture that he shared with me of God standing with me uh, in a furnace, and he's with me close, and you're going to be a, a leader of generations. Like, my son said that to you? <laughs> Great. <laughs> like, okay. And, you know, it was encouraging to her. She felt like maybe it's something for the future. And then uh, Hardin said, yeah, he got a picture of a narrow road that I was walking on, and Jesus was on the end of that road. And I don't know what else he added to that, but just, like, it's worth it to walk that narrow road. There's a prize on the end. And since freshman or sophomore year, right, um, 
there has like been a phrase in Arden's mind the Lord spoke to her and it was stay on the narrow road and Micah got this picture and image and shared it with her and it was from the Lord so I love that story because one is my son and then two <laughs> two it's like it's just he wasn't even like doing much he's just there just present and he's just doing what dad said to do <laughs> ask for something and, and share and so just this is for all of us that want it and the Lord is so committed to encouraging us so committed to praying like people praying things over us that really hit us you know and uh, just want to encourage you guys to hey jump in ask the Lord for it and see what he does amen all right let's stand to our feet and I have some of our, uh, our all of our life group leaders go ahead and come forward and make yourself available here um, at the end and here's what we'll do to close out is uh, we just want to give space for the Holy Spirit to speak and to encourage us. And um, what these uh, leaders will do down here, y'all can come over here in the front too. Y'all spread it all out. Um, if you want to receive an encouraging prophetic word, if you want one of these folks to listen to God and say, Lord, what do you have for this person? And want to receive, then just come forward. We would love to pray for you, listen to God and see what he might say. Uh, and then secondly, if this is a gift this gift of prophecy that you're eager to want to grow in. You want someone to pray over you, that the Lord would grow you in that gift. You can come forward and receive prayer for that. And then third, literally, if there's anything else you need prayer for, especially if there's anything that you're just struggling, wrestling through, and you want somebody else to bear that burden with you and pray for you, then come forward to receive prayer. But again, I would encourage all of you guys to come forward, especially if it's like, hey, receive a prophetic word, might as well. And so I encourage you to come down. But let me pray for us, then you guys can start responding, and the band will lead us in song. So God, here we are. We just thank you for your word. We thank you for the gift of prophecy. And Lord, I pray in this room, you would just speak, God, that you would release that spirit of prophecy. You would open our ears to hear your voice accurately. And Lord, we would be built up. We would be encouraged. And we would be comforted by whatever you want to speak to us and say to us. Lord, grow us in this gift for your glory so that we can be as strong as you want us to be as your people. In Jesus' name, amen.